to ask, what is our aim? I can answer in one word, victory. Victory at all costs. Victory in spite of all terror. Victory however long and hard the road may be. But without victory there is no survival. Now we are the masters of our fate. Hello, everyone. My name is Rick Napier, the CEO at Real People USA LLC, located somewhere between San Francisco and Sacramento. And it is June 30th. I have uh, Ruben Young on the line. He's a Florida Republican congressional candidate running in District 25 against Debbie Wasserman Schultz in the general and Carla Spalding in the primary. And she's a nurse and a real estate agent. And uh, so today's uh, interview with uh, Ruben Young is going to be a very, I would say, a very, a very sort of a hot podcast episode, but it's going to be very important for voters and listeners to pay attention. Voters who are voting in the primary, people listening to this episode. Um, Ruben's website is ryoungforcongress.com and he definitely definitely needs donations, you know, 5, 10, 20 bucks, not so he can buy any real estate property in Palm Beach or Broward County, not so that he can buy the latest, you know, car, the Tesla, but he just needs uh, a few thousand dollars more to um, finish with buying supplies and, and flyers and just covering general campaign expenses. Ruben Young has done something so amazing that many people are trying to infiltrate his campaign to try him to try to get him out of the race. And we will talk about that. Uh, Ruben also became a candidate by petition, which means he talked to about 30,000 people and got about uh, 2,600 signed ballot petitions to be on the ballot he was on the ballot before anyone else in his race or uh on the ballot before many people there in south florida were officially uh qualified candidates so i just want to just have ruben come on and say hello for a few seconds and then we'll get back to the introduction of why we are having this very important uh podcast episode Good morning, Ruben. Hey, good morning, Rick. Again, thank you for having me on your program. This is uh, Ruben Young. I'm a candidate, a qualified candidate by petition, uh, taking on Debbie Wasserman Schultz, uh, who has been in office for over 20 plus years and uh, may be uh, in violation of Florida term limit law. But that's another story. But again, thank you for having me on, and I appreciate you, you and your listening audience. Just to let people know, Ruben and I, we made contact in October of 2020. So it's been almost two years that I've known Ruben, and we've done probably 25 to 30 hours of podcast episodes. 30 to 40 hours of podcast episodes over a two-year period. And we restarted working together around March of uh, 2021 when I learned from a mutual friend that Ruben was young, was running for Congress and he needed some website support. And that's when I, I began learning about the congressional races and 
just kind of looking at things. But I want to start today's conversation. And again, this is my introduction. Ruben Young has been. There have been many, many people trying to get this man out of the race. And I believe it's because Ruben had 278,000 votes in the count in the clerk of the court race in Miami-Dade County. Probably more than that. Probably had more votes than that. He also has uh, he's also a native of South Florida, born and raised. Uh, he's not from another country. He's not from another state. He's not from New York, New Jersey, Washington, D.C. He is born and raised in South Florida. And again, that, that goes a long way when people know that you are from the area. Uh, also, uh, Ruben has has a has had a history of running in elections in, in Miami-Dade and Broward. And over that 20, 25 year pe- period of time, Ruben has seen instances where people have, for the most part, cheated him. Let's just say, let's just call it what it is. He has seen instances where people have cheated him out of election victories. So now we have this District 25 race. And just within the last 30 to 45 days, there have been people, I'm not sure where they're coming from. Are they coming from Debbie Wasserman Schultz? Are they coming from his primary opponent? We're not sure. So we're talking conspiracy theory now. And everyone knows what a conspiracy theory is. A conspiracy theory is something that uh, people think, oh, this might happen. We don't have all the facts or the details. And it might happen. It might not happen. It might be true. It might not be true. But what we do know in this in this era of political shenanigans and skullduggery, what used to take five to ten years for a conspiracy theory to reveal itself, true or false, now it's taking just months, you know, less than a year, six months, two to three months. So today we're going to call this a conspiracy theory about all the things that have been happening to Ruben. Number one, just recently, there was a guy that called two or three days ago and said, hey, Ruben, now this is with, this is within 60 days of the primary. So this guy calls, hey, Ruben, man, I'm a campaign genius. I can help you, you know, do great things. I can separate the, the seas just like Moses did. And so Ruben said, you know, based on our conversation, I said, Ruben, that doesn't sound good. Why should someone call you within less than 60 days and, and, and want to shower you with all of this support? So Ruben didn't take the bait. So the same guy calls back two days later or the very next day with a different phone number and a different name and basically excoriates Ruben for talking about Harriet Tubman Trump, uh, uh, Harriet Tubman and you know the 1854 uh, you know uh, civil or not civil rights but 1854 Republican Party and what Republicans stood for and what blacks stood for back in the mid 1800s just totally trying to scorch him to say he was wrong now why would a guy want to call you two or three days before 
and want to shower you with love and say they can help you raise all this money and Ruben declines. And then uh, the next day, call you and act like he's your worst enemy. Ruben, what do you think about that? And we have others to talk about, but what do you think about this recent episode? Well, Rick, I think it's a real shame. I think it's sad when people know that you now have someone in the race uh, that's serious about making a difference, serious about helping people within a community, those lost and abandoned people, trying to give them information that they were uh, didn't have or wasn't uh, aware of. And I was just trying to share history. And for people to try to find things to attack you, I'm quite sure they did a background check. They see that I don't have no criminal background check. They did a, probably did a lot of different checks and found out that I've never stolen any money from anybody. It's mostly found out I never cheated anybody. Uh, had other personal issues, but they found out that pretty much I'm a pretty good guy, a pretty good candidate. So they are now launching those kinds of attacks to try to get me off focus. And I just think it's really sad how low we have uh, become as people. I mean, government is for the people, by the people, and all the people. And what we do is to try to make our government better, try to make our systems or our processes better and not uh, leech off it and not take advantage of it, not take advantage of the people, like take advantage of donors and people giving money to, to candidates because they believe uh, that they represent those values, those those principles, those beliefs, the same as they do. But when you have people out there, they're in this thing for the money, and when a candidate come along and then, you know, they threaten that uh, money that they're receiving from whoever get elected, uh, this is what this is about, these promises of of someone that you want in office that you think is going to do what they can for you, not for the people, but do these things for you, then I'm not just running against Debbie Watson and Schultz. I'm not just running against Carlos Falling. I'm running against all those persons who, who's benefiting uh, from their promises, who's benefiting from uh, uh, their campaigns, and who's benefiting from what they can do for them and not for all of the people. So I'm a different type of a candidate. As you say, I have a long-standing relationship here. I was born here. I have family here. Uh, I mean, my family came here in 1896 uh, and started with the railroads, uh, Henry Flatland's railroads. So that's how far back. That's how far back the history. So I, I love this place. I love South Florida. I love Miami. I love Homestead. I love the ranches. You know, I love Goose. You know, I love Liberty City. I love Miami Gardens. I love. Hollywood, Broward County, I love it to people because I've been out here for so long fighting against the election fraud, fighting against injustices in, the, in communities, against injustices in cemeteries, standing with people that I believe represent what the values and the core beliefs that we represent here as Americans. So it's real sad, Rick, that we have people internally and externally trying to uh, uh, sabotage my campaign, but it's been a journey. And I know for one thing I can say, that God got me in the palm of his hand. He touched me from the top of my head to the very soles of my feet. This is not my battle, but his. So it's right. really sad, Rick. Okay, so let's talk about the next one. And thanks for that that heartfelt uh, response because it's got to be tough when you see people with $1 million raised in their campaign and now they have 10000 Where in the heck did all that money go? But I digress. Let's talk about the next one. Let me mention the next one. 
and I won't mention this group's name because I think they do some good things, but I'm trying to figure out why now. So there's this organization and this organization calls you about a week and a half ago and they say, Ruben, we want to see if we can support you. Oh, no, no, they didn't say that. They say, Ruben, we want to interview you and we want to uh, just talk to you about your campaign and and they kind of left it at that and it was a questionnaire involved and so you called me and we talked about it and you mentioned that there was a person in this group who came after you and posted something on a social media platform and I said so is this the same person that's with this organization that now says or pretends they want to help you you said yes I said, man, don't touch it. <laughs> because look, if you were this big group, you're this big political group organization or or pack or whatever, why now do they want to support Ruben Young? Why now? And if you really want to support Ruben Young, why not say we want to support you and we have X amount of dollars? that we want to help you with whatever you need because we are a grassroots uh, organization yet it's a pack which you know somebody needs to explain that to me and you have gotten far you are on the ballot at, I mean you got on the ballot look listeners whether you got a million dollars or whether you got a thousand dollars once a person gets on the ballot all that other stuff doesn't doesn't matter anymore because your name is on the ballot that we just saw yesterday and so please talk about in, in, in very little time talk about just how you felt when this organization reached out to you because we still have to get to the three ways that uh that um that you could lose and we're gonna it's gonna be kind of humorous to talk about these three ways but please talk about this organization without mentioning their name Okay, well, you know, Rick, I'll tell you something. It's, it's always good to have a second opinion. It's always good to have, especially in this, in this battle, it's always good to have someone else with a clear head and understanding of uh, the trickeries and the games that people play. And I, and I have come to depend on uh, you, speaking with you, getting information that helps the, uh, helps the movement, help us move forward. Well, yeah, I was kind of on it when I was, uh, was asked, to do the questionnaire. You know, this is a grassroots organization. And when I think of grassroots, I think about my, my instances as a grassroots candidate. But I was kind of honored because I respect a, a couple of people there, and but I'm always hesitant. And I uh, reached out to you because I was, there was some hesitation there and uh, in, in, the, in the skullduggery of how you do, you do in a questionnaire. And that questionnaire get evaluated, and based upon your responses, you get a phone call. And after the phone call, because I've gone to many, I've gone to many uh, uh, endorsements over the past, and I found out that a lot of those endorsements are setups. Uh, a lot of endorsements not to help you, but but to hurt you. They're they mm -hmm. to ask you the, the type of questions that trick, tra uh, trap you, or trick you, or, or trip you up. And so that's why I had reservations. And then when I had an individual that took pictures of me when I was helping another person's campaign because I was trying to uh, stop the steal, 
at a precinct and I had those same pictures was taken all over social media uh, and I was taking a beating over it and I didn't even know those things on on social media so it made, it made me kind of leery it made me kind of hesitant that, this, that the person who did that also reached out to me to ask me to do uh, this questionnaire so my antennas went up but I, I was on it because of a, of a person in the organization I have nothing but respect for who also reached out to me and after speaking and then talking to my advisors, you and other people that I really, really trust, and it's all about trust for me. Uh, I went and did the evaluation uh, questionnaire. So I wasn't expecting to be called for an interview, and then they, they take me through a lot of 30-plus questions trying to contradict the responses or the answers that was placed on the questionnaire because normally if the questionnaire matches those core beliefs and values that you, that the organization believes in, then you normally would receive the endorsement. There's a lot of candidates that I've I inquired about who received the endorsement that didn't even do the interview. They were given those endorsements because they are grassroots. And when you raise over a million plus dollars, that takes you out of being a grassroots. So there was no other consideration other than my campaign because my campaign is 100% grassroots campaign. Uh, we're not living on money outside of the district, money that, that, that do not come within the district, but money outside the district, which leaves questions of how doing a bad economy, doing what we've been battling with throughout a year and a half. How can a candidate raise over a million plus million plus dollars in a camp in a congressional campaign out of state where every other candidate is struggle struggling trying to raise funds that's question that's a red flag but rick i was so uh i was so happy to have a conversation with you and i was so happy that you have the experience and the foresight and the hindsight to take what i was saying and then dissect it and then the, then for me to find out later on that uh, you were right it's a good feeling because there's a lot of game plan in these uh, congressional races people are doing everything they can because of the promise made to them to trip a particular candidate up who's running for the people all the people and for we the people and so they'll do everything they can to trip that particular candidate up because I didn't sit down at the table and I didn't make any, uh, make any deals and I didn't do any negotiations that's going to benefit them later on down the road. So, Rick, that, that was, it was very sad. And, but yeah. I, I was glad that I, I talked with you on that. Hey, and the last one, and this is a quick one. So since uh, March of 2021, and now we're talking about June, July 2022, so that's about uh, a 15, 16 month uh, span. Uh, you you were attending these these uh, GOP meetings and kind of shunned for the most part. I mean, kind of like, hey, Ruben. And then, you know, almost like, hey, Ruben, they're not looking at you while while they're waving at you. They're really like just doing it because it's courteous to wave at you and say hello or to give you one of those limp risk shakes where they're not really glad to see you so you and i have talked about that you have told me every single experience that you had you told me about the best experience you had with the group out in uh, out in uh, weston i think it was the the jewish group that you connected with and they gave you a standing ovation uh they gave you they, they applauded you and i i love when you said you were talking to about maybe a hundred people out there and uh, 
you said at the very beginning, is that Debbie Wasserman Schultz in the back? And all 100 people turned their heads to look back. And when they found out that you were just joking, they bust out in laughter. I thought that was awesome. But so now, 60 days before the primary, you have these same some of these same groups saying, Ruben, man, Ruben, can you come out to the uh, to the event? Can you come out and speak? Can you come out and and uh, and just you know meet with us and and tell us how everything's going and, and you can talk? And what has been your stance on this revived uh, this revived uh, a love that people have for you now? Well, you know, Rick, it's always leery when you reach out when you when you reach out. I reached out to a lot of the clubs. I pretty much all of the all of the clubs in the early beginnings asking for help because you know when I walked away from the Democratic Party, I was already catching hell from the Democratic Party uh, within the party. You know, the the, the game plan that they play because I've ran uh, for office. I have a long-standing history in Miami. I've become a brand because that's been my whole life since I was 28 years old. I mean, people have grown up with me uh, running these elections, trying to make a difference, trying to get in a position that will help them, help me help them. Uh, and I've learned over the years the games that they play in these in these parties. And, but I didn't expect that when I crossed over. When I left the Democratic Party, I, I thought I was walk, walking into the promised land. I was going into a new place in, in my life, a place that now I can... Uh, you know, I can get out and campaign free of all this, all the trickery that I've seen on the other side, which I never go back to the Democratic Party. That's, that's, so that, I want to lay that out, put that on the table. But, you know, it's it kind of disappointing when you find yourself being blocked because of an individual who's been running for this particular seat since 2015. And in the, and in the report that I've gotten, never once tried to win the race. But found this to be, in my opinion, a cash cow. Because the person started off running as a Democrat, went to an independent. Those things did not work for them because they wasn't getting the kind of returns or the, the investment they thought they would get. But when they came into, came into the Republican Party, they found that works for them. So they can wave the banner that they are American first candidate when they're really not. Because we have a lot of, of, of sleepers. We have a lot, have a lot of grifters infiltrating our Republican Party, infiltrating the uh, the Republican donors uh, for their own gain to be help benefit their Democrat colleagues. So I've learned over the years what to look for. I look for the signs, and I saw some of those things, similar signs, especially when I went to Western, and I found out I was being blocked from actually getting out there and campaigning as a congressional candidate would have running for the highest office in the land thought that the doors and the access would be open so I can walk through uh, through the Red Seas. But you, you have those same types of behaviors existing in, in some of these same club meetings. So I've been, I was blocked. I wasn't given the respect that I should have received over the long-standing years. I was out here waiting for my primary opponent. Been out here uh, since the 1989s fighting against injustices and fighting for the rights of people within my own community, within my own right, uh, becoming a community servant. A servant leader is what I am. So when I saw some of the same things happening on the other side, although I was not going backwards, because the Bible talks about a, a double-minded man being unstable, 
and all his ways. And I'm not that. I, when I make a decision to do something, I move forward. So it was kind of hurtful in the beginning, but I had to change my war strategy. I can't keep bumping my head into a brick wall. And when you see so one thing is not working, you have to change strategy. You have to change your approach. And that's what I did. And that's why I was uh, able to get on the ballot by petitions, although being blocked by a number of people trying to stop my energy and trying to stop my efforts. God had me in the palm of his hand, and he allowed me to start traveling throughout the state. And I found good people, good people, you know, across the state, in uh, in club, in club that's committed to the same core uh, beliefs and values that I'm committed to. So it made it easier when you get when I got outside of my uh, my realm, or got outside my element, and, uh, and and changed my war strategy, and that made me successful. So. It's heartbreaking, Rick, but we're going to change that. Once we get into positions of leadership, we're going to change that because we're going to show how this is supposed to be done. And uh, I thank you for your support. Well, I'll tell you what. You mentioned uh, Secret Sleeper, and I'm speaking with the Reuben Young, Florida Republican candidate for Congress in District 25, uh, running against Debbie Wasserman Schultz and uh Carla Spalding, the nurse and real estate agent. And you mentioned Secret Sleeper. And just recently, within the last week, there was a a Project Veritas um, expose. And what they they found, there was this uh, uh, South Carolina, a state Democrat that's running against Tim Scott, I believe. And she basically said, and this is something that I really want to say here on this episode, because... Real People USA has has been saying it. You have been saying it. And so what we're seeing is a bunch of secret sleepers. I call them dopers. Democrats um, appearing to be, I'm sorry, <laughs> Democrats uh, running for, uh, uh, posing as Republicans. That's what it stands for. Democrats posing as Republicans. I know it's a, a, a not an easy acronym to, to match up with that phrase, but Nonetheless, what we have seen, Ruben, you and I, and I've seen it a lot in California. I can probably name five to ten secret sleepers or dopers, people who are Democrats running as Republicans. And their purpose is is to get into position as a Republican and do two things. Number one, take out the true Republican. In that case, that would be you. And, and and the second thing would be, even if they make it that far, if they make it that far, they're not going to be a true Republican. And we've seen many examples of this in our current uh, congressional uh, uh, student body, so to speak. So that Project Veritas video confirmed something that I saw up to like two and a half years ago. And starting with Maryland, I'll say it like that, starting with Maryland. So the next phase I want to move to is these three ways. And we got about maybe 27 minutes to go. The three ways for Ruben to lose. Okay, so you have a primary opponent. And some say she looks good. Some says that she's uh, attractive. I'm not taking that away from her. There's nothing, there's no... No, no uh, problem I have with that if that's what the, if, if that's the true case. But 
Uh, Florida voters, District 25 voters need to understand something. What's happening here in California, where I am, is coming South Florida's way. It's coming Pinellas County way. It's coming to all the, the, the high population centers there in, in Florida. And for and voters need to like, they need, actually I use like, I'm a Californian, <laughs> born and raised in Florida, but I use the word like. Uh, people need to realize something. When, when, when we get into hard battle mode, in that mode, we're in that mode right now, and more is coming. Do voters want someone that they see on TV and they say, oh, that person looks great, but that person doesn't come through for the, for the community, doesn't come through for the district? Or do they want someone like yourself on day one? You know about the state constitution. You know about the U.S. Constitution. No one is going to pull a fast one on Reuben Young. That's what I'm saying. So what do you got to say about about looks versus your 30-year experience? So because in other words, forget about looks. When 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 they say when the when the when the shit comes downhill, who is going to be the person that can say, I can stop it? I know the rules. I know the law. Let me be the spokesperson for this issue. Do they want a person like you? Or do they want a person like, well, it's a tragedy. It's it's bad that this is happening to our country. And we will get together and see what we can do about it. What do you got to say about it? All right, so let me go back to, the, to what you stated. Uh, you know, when I was a boy and I had a conversation with my father, my father always said, uh, when you're in life, always make sure you're good at what you know and good at what you do. It also said to me that if I'm going to ever marry, he said, find you somebody who can cook, clean, and do all of the basics that are needed within helping to take care of family. And I found that to be true. You know, I'm not I'm not an attractive person. You know, I don't go around saying I'm uh, Denzel Washington uh, or uh, Billy D. Williams. I, I'm not that kind of person. My life has always been about Work, working at something and making myself as twice as good as the next person. I'm not as attractive as my uh, primary opponent. I won't take that from uh, uh, as well. But I have information and knowledge and experiences that can benefit you, myself, and benefit this war that we're in. Because, you know, I, you, when you are in a battle, you're in war, Rick, you have to shoot and run at the same time. You have to shoot and move forward at the same time. That's not a time. When uh, when when your team or your uh, your comrades are depending on you to watch their back, when things get tough, uh, I don't run. I like tough. I don't like easy. I like difficulty. I don't like easy. So I've learned over my life to be hard and tough, and to be able to shoot and run at the same time. You know, that that was a, a book story about uh, the three bears. There was a young girl by the name of Goldilocks. And she found herself wandering into unknown territory where she actually went to a stranger's home. But she found something unique. She found something different. She found three bowls of porridge on the table. Uh, she went to the first porridge. She tasted it. It was too hot. She went to the second porridge. 
He tasted it. It was kind of lukewarm. And then when she went to the third porridge, which was the baby bear porridge, she found that that porridge was just right. And she ate that porridge. And not only did she ate the porridge, Rick, she went and got sleepy. So she went to one bed that wasn't right. She went to the second bed that wasn't right. And then she found the bed that was just that was, was right on the money. That's what this is about now. We are in a battle to save the souls of this nation. We don't need somebody that we can, should we want to have the skills and experience that are not needed. You indicated that I, I have a background, been in government. I haven't been doing real estate deals. I haven't been selling properties to make money. That's what I think about when I think about realtors. They are in the business to make money. I've just dedicated my life to public service. My life has been about challenges. My life has been about trying to correct certain things, and all because of a, 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 a monopoly or a uno game that I lost <laughs> many, 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 many years, many, 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 many years ago. You put me in this path that when uh, they beat me down in Miami Dade County, Rick. They made it where I can't even get a good, decent job because they know if I get a job and get money in my pocket, they know what I'm going to do with it. They know I'm going to uh, pursue what I've been pursuing since 1989, to get in office to where I can make a difference, to get inside instead of being on the outside because you only make changes from the inside out. You can't make changes on the streets. You have to get, in, get into something. And because I'm a brand and they know who I am, they make it, they make it difficult. Just recently, I just wrote a letter to the Broward County Supervisor of Election, Joe Scott, because that's another thing that they do. They work internally to steal elections. They don't work always externally. They have their people on the inside. Florida has uh, what they call ballot positioning laws. That's Florida Statute 101.151. And it lists in order uh, candidates running for certain offices in order, if you have a, a presidential election and all other elections, it goes president, vice president, U.S. senators, U.S. congressmen. Uh, but I was happy that I was that my knowledge experience picked up that they have uh, my position almost all the way down in the back. That will discourage voters from voting in that race because you know how voters, especially in primaries, they have short spans. And when a voter in the primary go to vote, they normally go to vote for the person that they want to vote for. But if they don't see you on the ballot or think that you're not on the ballot because they have to bear it down at the bottom of the ballot uh, out of all the races that's supposed to be in position, president, vice president, U.S. senators, U.S. representatives, all those positions come first. And on top of that, they left off my district from the U.S. House races. So they're now doing the exact same things that I've seen. But I'm glad that my experience picked that up. I don't think that my uh, primary opponent would have looked at it that deep. But because I've been out here for so long fighting against election fraud since uh, 1989, I'm now glad to see that everyone is now making the same call and, and calling out the same crime that we must end election thievery because election thievery is a form of treason. And that's how we overthrow our government. That's how we change our world. We change our uh, form of government by stealing these elections and putting the wrong people in offices. So we spent a lifetime putting the wrong people in office and the people that really want to do the job, the people who's committed to serving our uh, great republic, they'll get left on the outside because they, they, they become victims of election fraud. But I fight it. Every opportunity that I see, Rick, I fight this fraud to and nail. Although there's no enforcement, 
Although a lot of elected officials, in my mind, who's supposed to be enforcing or partaking of the same uh, fraud, it, that makes it difficult to enforce it because everybody's doing it. So until right. we get someone in there, until we get somebody in these positions, whether it's, it's our, our state attorneys or our, our sheriffs or our, uh, you know our, uh, enforcement umbrellas, until we get somebody in, it's going to make it that much more difficult to combat this fraud. So that's what they're doing, and I think they may be doing it all over the United States by uh, putting these elections, important elections like mine and others, at the very back of the ballot in violation of these, uh, in the lead violation of these uh, these balloting law, balloting, balloting position laws. I think that's what's going on. That's right. That's right. I'm, I'm glad you pointed that out. And just you talked about looks. Well, I'll tell you something, man. Looks, looks are relative. Like. You know, when you used to go to the club, and I, and I think you did. I know I spent, man, hundreds of thousands of hours in the club man, here in California. But someone that looks good at 10 p.m. may not look good at 3 a.m. I'll just put it that way. But <laughs> but the other thing I want to say, I want to also say, I think we talked about this a little yesterday. Um, people sometimes take regional accents and they say, oh, you know, I can't vote for him or I can't vote for her because they have a regional accent. Ruben, you have a regional accent because you are a, from South Florida. You were born and raised there. Your age group, you have a regional accent. Now, for people who have been listening to our end of interviews for the last year, people know that you know exactly everything you need to know and you know it well probably better than a lot of sitting Congress people. So I just want to let people know, don't take a regional accent and say, oh, I can't vote for, for him or her because they have a regional, they have this accent that's different than my Connecticut accent or my New Jersey accent or my Michigan accent. Don't make that mistake because the founding fathers were, ju were just regular people. So let me move to the next the next topic. Okay, so there's a lot of election fraud, and a lot of it seems to happen at the voting machines at the county level, uh, with with um, with a lot of uh, trickery and skullduggery. In fact, I just figured out here in California, and I when I say just figured it out, we have DMV records, and I think you can you have a case there in Broward or maybe Palm Beach where something happened, but we have DMV records. And I believe what happened here in California is people who cheat in California, they look at the DMV records and then they match that database against voting history. And what they find is the people who regular, who typically do not vote, those are the people, people's voting ballots that are used to inflate victories for candidates. So in other words, if... For a, a, a quick example, if the DMV records has 100 records and the voting database shows that there are 40 people who typically do not vote, I believe, and again, my conspiracy theory, and I think I'm correct on this one, the, the people who cheat will take those 40 ballots of people who typically do not vote and they'll complete those ballots. Now, we know this is true. This is happening because in some parts of California and maybe there in South Florida, people who 
all of a sudden want to vote and they haven't voted in two or three elections, they will try to vote and the voting office will say, oh, no, you've already voted. See, but like you mentioned, this donor money, and this is something else I'm, I'm discovering, another conspiracy theory, folks, that some of this donor money may be making it back to the people who run our elections. And, you know, and the conspiracy theory, this is a conspiracy theory. There's no, there's no data, there's no evidence toward this, but we know based on that lady in South Carolina that just got busted for, for being a secret sleeper, I know here in California, some Republicans are not running to win. They're running to block the true Republican so that the Democrat can win. I'm talking to Reuben Young, Florida Republican congressional candidate, District 25. His website is ryoungforcongress.com. Please donate. Please subscribe. We're talking about the three ways that Reuben can lose. And in your in your area, you have a, a an election official that and I'm gonna say this, I'm gonna say this lightly, that you may not trust. And you can take it past this point where I just left it. Okay, Rick. Okay, so you know, um, we have some partisan supervisable elections. And I'm now of the belief that we need to remove federal and state elections from the purviews of local supervisable elections. I don't think that, according to the uh, United States Constitution, there's nothing written in the United States Constitution that gives uh, local supervisable elections the authority or jurisdiction to uh, oversee federal elections. I think that may be unconstitutional. And I think that, according to the Constitution, we have a right to uh, uh, to take back jurisdiction authority from these local boards. And I don't trust uh, Broward County, nor do I trust Miami-Dade County, because I've been battling and fighting both these counties uh, for many, many, many years. Like you said, that uh, I've been burnt. Uh, I've seen it. I've lived it. I've eaten it. I've experienced it. I've, I've suffered under this fraud. They punished me because of my fight. And they wore me down for like the last 30 plus years I've been at this and I'm uh, uh, ongoing. But we need to do something about these local supervisors of elections uh, overseeing or having something to do with their election that's outside our constitutional boundaries uh, because they don't have the authority. And, th and that authority, especially within the United States Constitution, wasn't given to Broward County. I don't think that Broward County should be manning any fair elections. The fair elections are are put in the hands of the uh, United States House of Representatives. If you read the Constitution, if that Constitution is true and it's permanent in its language, and if that language gives the Congress the, uh, the authorization and authority to touch congressional ballots or to touch senatorial ballots, and that, and that is not within the hands uh, offices of a local school board, because what I just alluded to about Florida balloting positions. When you see a local body allegedly do something that's outside the boundaries of our laws because that person believes that they are a partisan. When our constitution, state constitution, makes supervisor of elections nonpartisan, our Florida law 
make supervisors of elections nonpartisan. But they've taken on this partisanship. So I don't trust anyone like a Joe Scott, who was the Broward County supervisor elections, to look after anything for me because of the battles that I fought within these election offices. I'm running for change. I'm running for real change. I'm running for true Republicanism. This is no game to me. I'm not new to this. I'm true to this. And when I, my antennas go up, and that little error that I caught with my elections being placed in the back instead of on the front page like all the other federal candidates in running in congressional, congressional race 23, all those candidates are on the front page. Why is my election on page 65? So, yes, Rick, uh, those are the ways, if you don't know what to look for, if you don't know the fine detail, or uh, you don't know the blueprint or the fine print of what to do about something, when you notice something is incorrect, and not just notice it, but what to do and how, how to correct it. I'm correcting things in my life or throughout uh, 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 this district or throughout this nation because of an UNO game that I lost <laughs> at the age of eight years old. So I, I learned to look, I'm a technocrat. I learned to look for mistakes when I was a union representative. And the reason I did a, a, an excellent job in taking on uh, uh, management of saving workers' jobs, because I go and look to see what they did wrong. Before I uh, look at what the employee did wrong, I always look to see whether or not management violated some type of regulation or some type of workplace policy. My brain works backwards. And this is why I can catch the fine detail. And this is why when I get to Congress, if the good voters elect me to go and fight for them and to represent them, I will look for the mistakes that's been taking place for many, many, many years. And I would do everything within my power to correct it. So those ways of stealing, we must end this election fraud. We must remove these federal elections from the hands of these uh, local, local partisan uh, supervisors of elections. That's one way of stopping some of the fraud because they have infiltrated these positions to help their Democratic colleagues maintain power and maintain their incumbency, and this has to change. And I'm asking the governor of the state of Florida to look into the email of the concerns that I expressed uh, last night and to see if there's a way of correcting it and to see whether or not there's a way of removing these federal elections from the offices or the overseeing of our local uh, Broward County and Miami-Dade County supervisors of elections. Because if we don't do that, we will never get out of the problems that we're facing with them stealing these elections. That's right. And I believe you told me you have received acknowledgement that they received your inquiry. Well, yeah, I, I got acknowledgement. Uh, you know, the, 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 most of the places I've written, especially when I take on these battles, they have auto, automatic acknowledgement. They, they'll let you know that, that uh, your information has been received. And that uh, that's what I received. I got acknowledgement from a lot of the different uh, uh, places that I, that I emailed and expressed my concerns to. That's right. So I did get acknowledgement. I'm letting, I'm letting, I'm letting yeah. uh, Florida voters know. know. I don't care if you're a Republican, Democrat, non-party affiliate, affiliation, or uh, uh, independent. You don't want what we are seeing in California. And if you mess up and select somebody and, and or, or vote for someone other than Ruben, 
you're going to get exactly what California is experiencing. The crime, the the homelessness, the mayhem, the the I mean, it's just I mean, I could talk for hours about what we are seeing in California. And at one point, about 15 years ago, California was great. But I figured out someone said, let's spread this socialism, communism, a heavy handed government across the country and let's use California as the the lab, the laboratory. So I'm letting voters know in District 25, Miami-Dade, Palm Beach, you know, make sure you vet the candidates running for, for races because they could be a secret sleepers and they could be the people who have the California playbook to unleash the havoc that we're seeing in California. And you don't want that. Here's my last topic, Ruben. Uh, Democrat voters can change their, their party affiliation by July 23rd and vote for you. Now, in other cases, other races, 5, 10, you know, you know, 4, 8, 12 years ago, probably not a big deal. Back then, everyone could work, uh, make money, you know, uh, uh, have a nightclub, uh, be a DJ, you know, sell real estate, you know, do whatever you want to do. I mean, that's what it was like, you know, 10, 12, 15, 20 years ago. But now we're talking about this push toward what what kept push coming to Florida based on what California is seeing, what what New York, New York has been devastated. My, 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 my cousin in Queens now lives near Orlando because he had to get the hell out of New York. Okay. So what I want to say now, I'm gonna let you close it out. We got about maybe six minutes left. Democrat voters think about when Trump was in office, your life was great. You may not have liked the man, but like my brother-in-law said in in LA, he said, sitting in the back in the backyard, smoking a blunt, <laughs> he said, Joe Biden is messing up the country. This is a black guy in LA who hated Trump to, to the nth degree. He wants Trump back. So the reason why I'm saying this is because now you have a, an opportunity to put one soldier as a firewall to stop Brandon mess for messing up your life because your life was messed up when they shut down parts of uh, or they shut down uh, South Florida because of COVID. More of that is coming. See, this is not about Republican or Democrat or independent or, you know, this is about freedom versus control. Ruben, close us out on that topic in the next four or five minutes. Okay, so Rick, uh, excellent point. Sometimes there's medicine that you have to take that you may not like. And some medicines don't have a good taste to it. That's why when I was talking earlier, I just want to make another point. A lot of these parts in supervisor elections, their jobs are protecting incumbents. And I think that what's happening uh, is now that they, they, they're now trying to protect Debbie Wasserman Schultz uh, and ensure that she's reelected for some reason or not. But President Trump uh, was excellent. I mean, he was doing a lot of things that was uh, constitutional bound. He was, he was following the law. 
But when you don't know something, you don't have access to information, you don't know that a person is following our law, you don't automatically say that they're not following the law because the, the, the fraud has been uh, perpetrated, have been there for so long that wrong is now right and right is now wrong. So you look at things from a different perspective. You look at things from a di- different lens. And I try to encourage black Democrats. The, the, the person who is being hurt the most by the Biden administration are those who believe that he was going to do something to set them free or to make them free, which is black Democrats or black communities uh, taking uh, taking the fruit that the Bible tells us that we should not eat from that certain tree or eat that particular fruit. We bought it. That's what happened to uh, our economy. We bought the lie. We bought into something that was not true. We bought, instead of uh, going with someone that was talking the truth, we went with someone who was talking the lie. And that continues to continue uh, to exist in how we select our leadership. We select salesmen. You know, the salesman's job is to sell. And they'll go out and make these promises, and it only sounds good to the ear. It only looks good to the eye. But when they get there, and we put our faith and our trust in them, they disappoint us. Because they was, they was not in there, these races, for the right reason. They was in there for greed and their, uh, their own self-interest and what they can do if they get a job. It wasn't about whether or not I'm going to serve this community or whether or not. It wasn't about I'm going to take a look at a certain review, review board uh, where people have been giving these long sentences for nonviolent crime and still leaving them there. We're going to do something about that. We're going to make sure that they had an opportunity for due process or had an opportunity uh, for redress of their uh, situation that they found themselves in. So this is why we have to now do something different. We have to change our war strategies in 2022, or we're going to find ourselves putting people in office who cares nothing about your interests, who cares nothing about serving you. They only there because they see an opportunity to make money, not for themselves, but for their friends. When you talk about uh, development and funds for development, there's a lot of contracts on the table, contracts that's awarded to them, to their friends. And like you said, Rick, as you were alluded to, sometimes those those are backdoor deals. I give you the contract, but you find your way of slipping something back in my hand, of slipping something back in my po- my pocket, or you have the opportunity to hire a brand new staff, a staff of committed people that want to do something for a district or want to do something for this country. But you are not given that opportunity because you put the wrong person in. And they hire people with self-interests, just like them, not people who want to represent you and fight for you and give their lives for you because I'm willing to lay my life down as I have done over these 30 years to make a difference. Because I had enough of what I've seen in my 61 years I've had enough of what I've seen with how these uh, these elections are being uh, continuously stolen across this nation, putting bad people in for good people. So, Rick, we need to change that. And I'm asking people to vote for me. I'm asking black Democrats, walk away. This is not about anything. It's not about party. It's about interest. I believe I represent your interest because I've come from a black community where I've seen the devastation and I've seen the lack thereof and I've seen the crime, I've seen the drugs, I've seen the night walkers, I've seen all the liquor stores, I've seen these low wages. I know what it means to have a voice of somebody to stand up for you like I had when I was growing up, a guy named Frank Thomas who stood up for me. 
And I thank God for him. So this is what this is about. We're at the breaking point. The breaking point is either poverty or we're going to go for the redistribution of wealth. I'm going for the redistribution of wealth for everybody in my district. All righty. Well, we're talking. We just uh, had a great conversation, a powerful one at that, with Ruben Young, Florida Republican congressional candidate, District 25, running against uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz in the general and uh, Carla Spalding in the primary, the uh, nurse and real estate agent. And uh, Ruben's website is ryoungforcongress.com. And if you're listening outside of the state of Florida, I know I have a lot of California listeners, you know, uh, dig into your pockets and donate to this guy because the congressional member represents all of the country, maybe from Florida, but his votes and, and the things that he works on he helps all Americans. So if you're listening from California, if you're listening from Georgia, if you're listening from the great state of New York, uh, please donate to Ruben. If you're, if, if you're a business owner there in, in Broward County or North Miami, this applies to you. You may you may work in Broward, but you live in Miami-Dade, or you may you know live in Miami-Dade and or, or or live in Broward and you work in Miami-Dade. This is all about keeping what you got and not losing it any further because you have lost. My name is Rick Napier, the president, CEO at Real People USA LLC in California. Website is rpusa.org. Direct telephone number, open to all calls, is 726-999-0999. Ruben, you have a great day, brother. Thank you, Rick. Thank you, listening audience. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.